I want you to let that phrase resonate in your heart for a moment. The powerful name of Jesus. As a Christ follower, even though we walk through disruption, even though we're walking through an unusual time, we have the presence of Christ with us. And what's so very cool about this is that it's not that we walk through it alone. We don't walk by ourselves. We don't walk, in a sense, in in isolation and solitude. We walk in the presence of Jesus. And so, as a Jesus follower, I want you to remember that through this disruption, through these moments, through this season that we walk in, that as you walk through the disruption, you walk knowing and holding the powerful name of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and then I want to jump into this continued conversation about disruption, but particularly I want to talk to you today about praise. But would you pray with me? God, I recognize that today there are people that are engaged in this experience, and they're, they're walking through challenges. They're walking through perhaps the biggest disruption of their life. Work is not the same. Home is not the same. Finances are not the same. Play and routine are all different. And yet I recognize that there is pain, there is loss, there is grief, there is hurt, there is anxiety, there is depression. There are so many pieces to this puzzle And people are walking through these moments. And and God, I pray that today, in this moment, at this time, that they would be able to hear the words of Scripture and grab a hold of what it means to praise. And recognize that we can praise regardless of our situation, regardless of the circumstance, and recognize the power of praise as it gives depth to faith. Father, my desire for the time that we've spent together today is that you would encourage hearts, that you would give hope that, Father, today faith would be strengthened. Jesus, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I will tell you one of the disruptions that I've experienced even in my own life has to do with, has to do with praise and, and what it means to praise and what it looks like to actually praise. And sometimes when we think about praise, we think about when the church gathers together and when the church is in a room together and they're, they're singing and they're praying and they're, they're testifying in a sense and they're, they're speaking out about truths. And, and we think of that as, as this time of praise, this gathering of worship. But praise is, is something that is far more intricate. It is far more involved. There are so many more details to it. And what God has kind of been teaching me in the midst of the disruption is the importance of and the priority of praise in my life and praise to God in the things that I'm doing, in the routines of life. And what does that look like? I'll be honest with you. My, my time of praise has changed a little bit. 
It's not uncommon for me, especially this week, as the office is kind of half folks are working remotely. Some are working in the office part of the time. And, but I, I tell you, there have been some loud music in my office throughout the week. And there have been segments from YouTube and other things from, from music that I've been playing, that I've been worshiping to, and I've been singing along with. And I turned it up really loud for me to sing along with it. And I will tell you, last this past week, on several of occasions, I literally was dancing, raising my hands in my office. Now, some of you think I've probably lost it. But it was a moment of praise. And I recognize that the situation that we find ourselves in, sometimes we, we want to stick our hands in our pockets and we want to sit down as if we have nothing to say to God. But I want you to know something. If there's ever a moment in life, if there's an ever a sequence in, in culture and in a time in which we should be praising, it should be today. This is the day that was built for praise. This is the moment, this is the season where Jesus' followers should be praising more than any other time in their life. And you say, that's crazy. Why now? Why in the disruption? Why in the chaos should we be praising? Because there is a power in praise that, that I want you to understand today specifically as it relates to how you walk and as it relates to your faith. A typical example of praise would be Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. And it's where, where Paul and Silas were going intentionally to a place of prayer. And then what happens when they go to this place of prayer, there's this girl that's possessed by a spirit that calls out that these are the ones of the Son of God. These are the prophets of the Son of God. And what happens is, is, is Paul and Silas get a little irritated with it. In fact, this goes on for several days. And basically what Paul does, the scripture says that he got kind of irritated with it. He got provoked. And so he cast out or rebuked the spirit out of the woman. And the spirit left. And what happened was this girl taught, literally, she would foretell futures and she made money for the people that she worked for. And all of a sudden she lost her earning potential. And then what happened? They went after Paul and Silas. They grabbed them. They sent them to the magistrate. And what the magistrate did is they beat them. Paul and Silas were beaten and beaten multiple times. The scripture says they were obsessed for safety. The word for safety means that they'd be secure. They couldn't get away. They couldn't get out. And so they're, they're literally locked in the inner prison. And about halfway through that section of scripture, you find this phrase that speaks to what Paul and Silas were doing in verse 25. And it says about midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. I don't know if you caught this, but Paul and Silas, having been beaten, having been ridiculed, having been injured, now placed in, in chains, in, in, in stocks in a sense, in the center of the prison, as it's late at night, they're praying and they're singing. And the prisoners were listening. Now what happens is, is that the earthquake 
knocks out all the lights. It opens up all the doors. And the jailer wakes up from the earthquake, fears that everyone has left, begins to draw a sword to take his own life. And, and instead of taking his own life, he hears the words from Paul saying, do yourself no harm. We are all here. And all of a sudden, this moment that was literally bathed in praise now becomes a moment of of spiritual renewal in the sense that now the jailer's asking this question, what do I need to do to be saved? And, And the jailer becomes a Christ follower and his family becomes Christ followers. But you know what this story tells me about praise? If there was anyone who had no reason to praise, it was Paul and Silas. They had been beaten, they had been scourged, they had been been ridiculed, and yet they were locked in the center of the jail. And yet, what were they doing? They were praying and they were praising. And as they were praying and as they were praising, there were people that were listening. And the, the word for listen in the Greek in the story literally means to listen with interest. It means that there's something for you, and so you tune in to listen. You and I both know of a difference between what it is to listen with an interest and listen with non-interest. We listen with non-interest, we kind of just glaze over. We listen with interest, we take care to hear the words of the conversation. That's what happens. They take care to listen to the words of the conversation. And what's interesting is, after that earthquake, and he says, we are all here, when, when Paul speaks out, if there was ever a reason to escape, it would be that moment that the doors were open and they could all escape, but Paul and Silas and all the prisoners stayed, as if they knew God was in charge to begin with. This story teaches me the power of praise, that when I praise, people are listening. There is an opportunity to influence that praise is a witness. It tells me that praise isn't indicative of circumstance. It says that I can lift up praise in the most unusual places. It means that there are results with praise. It means that prayer and praise go hand in hand. There's some things that God's taught me about praise, and there's some things I've learned over the years, but some things that God has just brought to the forefront for me in these recent weeks. See, what I've learned about praise is that praise is praise is about belief. Praise is declared, and praise is lived. Now, what I mean by that is that praise is about belief. Here's the situation. You can't praise God for something you don't know about God. If you have a shallow, minimal non-belief, then you're not able to praise God with the depth and the wonderment of the, of the attributes in his character. But yet, the greater your belief, the greater the ability you have to praise. You can't praise God with what you don't know about God. But by the same token, 
Not only is praise about belief, but it is also declared. Because what happens is when you know things about God and when your faith grows and your faith is deep and, and your faith gets broad, the idea of a deeper faith and a deeper belief is that you know things about God. You know things about his character and who he is and about his working and about his word. All of a sudden, because you know these things, this belief is deep within you. You can't keep quiet. You've got to speak out about it. You've got to talk about it. That's why praise is declared. It's something you speak out. The scripture talks about even the stones cry out. If the people won't, we can't help as Jesus followers not to cry out and not to praise because we know things about God. We know about his character. We know about his working. We know about his moving. And so praise is about a declaration. But praise, praise is also lived It's demonstrated in how we live our lives and what we do. It is this idea that we walk by faith, but we walk in such a way that we demonstrate the character of God. We demonstrate his will and his purpose and his mission. So when we talk about praise is lived, it's lived out by the way in which you demonstrate your life. See, that's what praise is. It's not relegated to a room in a gathering with a bunch of people Praise takes place at any point, in any place, in any moment. And when a Jesus follower, somebody that loves God, that knows something about God, that has the depth of the relationship, begins to believe and speak out to those beliefs and also begins to declare them and begins to live them, that is what we call about praise. That's what we define praise as. And I want you to know something. You have a reason to praise because you have been born again. You have been saved. You have been redeemed. You have been given life. You have been given hope. And regardless of what you're going through right now, you have reason to praise because you know Christ. Praise him. Because there's something that praise does to us. When we engage in this prayer and this praise, What happens when we engage in this praise, give you an idea, praise recalibrates life. It's like praise puts life back into its its position, back into the right pattern, the right way, the right order. There's a great psalm, in Psalm of David, it's Psalm 11, which is a beautiful psalm that speaks to someone that's in a really tight situation, somebody's in a difficult situation. And yet in this psalm and in this difficult situation, that they are experiencing hardship and they're listening to the advice of people. People are giving advice about about what they should be doing. But it's bad advice. Anybody ever been given bad advice before? Well-meaning people giving you bad advice? And yet there's this affirmation after the advice. Let's read Psalm 11 for just a moment and and just look at these words. In verses 1, 2, and 3, are the, the, the words of the bad advice. In, in other words, it says, in the Lord I take refuge. How can, I, how can you say to my soul? In other words, this is the response to the advice giver. And what the advice giver is giving to the individual, which would be to David, is flee like a bird to your mountain. For behold, the wicked bend the bow and they have fitted their arrow in the string to shoot in the dark at the upright of hearts. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? What's happening is is this person that's giving the advice, realizing that David's in a tough situation, a bad spot, a bad place. He says, listen, just give up. 
abandon what you're doing. Flee to the mountains. Just surrender. Run away and get away because they're coming after you. You have no hope. And when he says the foundations are destroyed, he's talking, the word foundation literally means civil order. That the things that were civil order that you knew have now been destroyed, what can you do? All you can do is run away and hide. But do you know what David says? <laughs> I love this. This is the response, and we switch gears. He says, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked, fire and sulfur, and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds, and the upright shall behold his face. It's like in the midst of this this bad information, this bad advice that he's being given that, listen, life's rough. You need to just go and hide. You need to go someplace where they're not going to find you, where you can somehow rescue yourself. But he said, the Lord is there. He sits on his throne, and the upright shall behold his face. See, when you're bombarded with bad advice to run, to surrender, to give up, to cave in, to walk away, that is the point in which you praise. Because it is in that moment of praise that your life is recalibrated. David could have said, yes, you're right. Let me run away. But he didn't because of praise. I don't want you running away. I don't want you giving up. I don't want you anxious. I don't want you fearful. I don't want you worried. I want you to praise. I want you to praise the one who loved you, who redeemed you, who paid for you, who created you. There's something about praise that recalibrates life. But there's something else about praise. Praise glorifies God and strengthens faith. When Paul's talking about Abraham in in Romans chapter 4, in verse 20 through 21, he says this, No belief, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. This is what he's talking about with Abraham. There was no unbelief. He didn't waver the promise. But listen to this. But he grew strong in his faith, As he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Because there's a pattern here in verse 20. It says he didn't waver concerning the promise. He stood steadfast. But he grew strong in his faith. I think everyone that is listening today wants to grow strong in your faith or else you wouldn't be listening. You have a desire to grow stronger in your faith. So how did he grow strong in his faith? He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. You want to grow strong in your faith? You give glory to God. And it works together simultaneously. His faith grew as he gave glory to God. As he gave, as he gave, 
as he gave glory to God, his faith grew. How was he fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised to do? Because his faith grew stronger as he gave, as he gave glory to God. You want your faith to grow stronger? You give glory to God. You want your faith to grow stronger? You give praise to God. You worship him. And what I find interesting, and just very quickly in 1 Peter 4, I think it's important for us to understand that our ability to give glory to God isn't something we do on our own strength, but it is out of the strength that God supplies. So God supplies you with the ability to give glory to him. And so I think that's important for us to understand. You start praising God and your faith will be strengthened. Do you need your faith strengthened today? You start giving glory to God. You start praising God. Third thing that I learned out of praise. Praise reminds me that happiness and joy are not dictated by circumstance. You can go all the way back to Acts 16 that we just talked about. Paul and Silas, beaten, hurt, put in shackles in the center of the jail, They're praising God and they're singing and they're praying. Their circumstance, which would be one of anybody that would have a poor, pitiful me or have an anxious or depressed attitude about life, they had the reason to be that way. But yet they chose to pray and to praise. They chose to pray and to worship. See, praise reminds me that happiness and joy are not dictated by circumstance. Just a thought. Praise, praise now is practice for the future tomorrow. This praise that you do now, this praise that you give out now, is practice for tomorrow. When I think about the book of Revelation, and I think about Isaiah and his vision of the throne room, I think in terms of this this picture of these voices and this choir and this singing of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and this beautiful chorus and this beautiful sound, all of the voices present singing praise to God. Your lone voice in a room with headphones on and listening to a a recording, or walking through the house and singing out to the top of your lungs, or even singing along with the team as they've played today, is only practice for heaven. It's like God's giving us a rehearsal of what worship will be like as we praise. See, I want for you to make a decision about this week. The question I want to ask you and the decision I want you to make has to do with how you will praise. How will you praise today? How will you praise God this week? Remember that praise is about belief that praise is declared, and that praise is lived. My question to you is, what is it that you believe and that you know? 
Speak that back to God. As you read Scripture and as you learn from Scripture, speak those things back to God. Share those things. Praise Him. And it is this declaration to make. When I think about what this week might look like, and maybe it's just sitting in a space alone, and maybe it's just reading Scripture and speaking it back to God. Maybe it's allowing God to feed you His Word, and you take those principles, and you take those characteristics and attributes that God speaks about Himself, and you begin to harbor them inside your heart and your mind, and you begin to contemplate, you begin to meditate on those, and what a beauty of who God is. And so maybe that's that moment alone as you just take in all that who He is, And you worship him. You praise him. Maybe it's a part of declaration. And maybe it's a part of listening to to, to songs. And maybe it's a part of singing along. Maybe it's a part of listening to to different groups or different churches or different people on our team. And maybe it's about standing up and singing. Maybe it's about jumping up and down. Maybe it's about dancing right where you are and worshiping, lifting up your hands high. I can't wait till the day we meet back again. When we're all in the room together in multiple services, I have a feeling on that day, I don't know. I don't know, Greg. I might have to dance that day. I just don't know. But when I think about the declaration, when you begin to speak back to him of who he is, maybe it is that you sing out before him. Or maybe it is because you know who he is and because you love him and because you speak and declare him, you live out faith. Maybe it's a way in which you care for somebody that's most vulnerable in our community this week. You want your faith to grow? Praise today. Because faith grows as we praise. I want you to know the power of praise in your circumstance. It will make all the difference for the Christ follower. Would you pray with me? Father, I recognize that we as as your children need to give you glory. And there's something about it. There's something about giving you glory and praise that just recalibrates life. It, it's about growing faith. It's about maturing. It's a, there's something about giving praise that, that revolutionizes the way we're thinking and the way we're acting, the way we're behaving. And for Jesus' followers today, Father, we commit to you to praise you. We commit to praise you for, for who you are and for what you're doing. And even in situations that don't seem like they're praiseworthy, we praise you because of who you are. And we recognize as we praise you And as you get the glory that, God, you'll be working. And so would you recalibrate our thinking and our life and our processes that we we focus on you and not the inconveniences and the challenges and the hurts of the disruption, but may we focus on you for your glory. Jesus, we love you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.